Well, welcome to another edition of Distilling Greatness. My name is Chris Tatum with Company Distilling, and uh, sitting to my right, as you'll see, is my great friend, partner, fellow founder, master distiller of Company Distilling, Jeff Arnett. Yes. How's it going, I think, actually, from their perspective, I'm on your left, but... Oh, good point. Good point. I mean, I didn't put my hand up with the L. It's good to be back with you. It's great, man. We've had a And a big lovely in Franklin, Tennessee. Oh, hell yeah. Beautiful town. It's fantastic. It's awesome. We're uh, recording inside the Franklin Theater, the historic Franklin Theater, and we've got a couple of great guests with us. Um, you and I, Jeff, we've known them, known them for a while, especially Lee. So uh, we'll introduce uh, Lee Kennedy. He's president and founder of Leapers Ford Distillery. Lee, how's it going? Going well, guys. Thanks for having me today. You know, it's uh, I've been following what you guys are doing with the podcast, and it's exciting with what's going on with company and all of that. So I'm just honored to be sitting here amongst to to the greats. <laughs> Lee's been drinking this morning. <laughs> Just a little. So for those of you that can't tell, Lee is one of the prettiest men in the world. No, uh, no. I, I tell his, him that his, all the his time. His wife is prettier. I'm that's, that's true. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's he actually true. punches above his weight when he comes to getting married. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> but I always introduce him as that, and I think at some point he's going to be like, you're an idiot. Like, just stop. <laughs> but anyway, great hey, to have you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having and, me. And not to say that you're not good looking, but we want to welcome Matt Maxey from the, uh, he's director of public relations, right, with Visit Franklin? That's right. So thank y'all for being in town. Welcome. Glad to have y'all back. And it's a, it's always a, a challenge when you have to stand next to Lee Kennedy and being a, being a looks contest. <laughs> Trust me, I, know. I hated guild meetings. I'd put him in the back. Hey, man, my yeah. brother's the pretty one. I'm, uh, I think I, I would like to think I got the brains, but I don't know. <laughs> I like it. My, I like my it. brother gets that. Gets that distinction too. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, about yeah. four years older than me. and looks about ten years younger. <laughs> he really does yeah, look he's younger. Really, <laughs> he's like the Pat Boone in the family. That's you know? right. Yeah. I, I he really it. does. <laughs> like I mean, straight up, he looks extremely yeah. young. So yeah. that's awesome. But uh, so you know, guys, uh, first. Uh, Jeff and I just came off a, a weekend of celebrations. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff, tell me about, I mean, let's get your reaction. We oh, didn't get yeah. a chance to talk about it, man, yeah. about this weekend. You know, I think, you know, looking at it, we felt like, hey, the smart thing to do would be to kind of do two days back to back. But we were coming up on the one year birthday parties, you know, as far as uh, the rebranding of what was H. Clark Distillery here in, in Williamson County uh, to company, but also the opening of Townsend. So we're like, hey, let's just choose a weekend and let's just blow it out. Um, in hindsight, is like, man, he left me in a heap, probably did Chris too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but man, we had a great turnout, uh, both at both locations, both in Townsend, uh, had, you know, had special music and, you know, axe throwing, just kind of some fun things. We have a partnership with One Knox uh, up in Knoxville, had soccer players out, you know, a chance to get jersey signed for kids and, you know, kind of made it a fun community event. Uh, Thompson Station overwhelmed us, you know, because, oh, yeah. yeah, we were talking, you know, it's kind of maybe a little bit off the beaten path, but for a lot of people, that's its attraction, you know, mm-hmm. it's close to everything, but it's kind of quiet over there, too. Um, you have that beautiful Circo restaurant, yeah. you know, great, great menu, wonderful food. Um, but yeah, we had a great turnout there, had wonderful music. That's one of the things Middle Tennessee is certainly blessed with, Absolutely. is you don't have to look too far uh, to find some serious music talent who can show up and play. Uh, but I was, I was impressed. We had three different groups that played different types of music, but all really, really good. I mean, just top notch, but yeah, great, great weekend for us. It was, it was great. Uh, it was <clears throat> the, the community again, just came out and supported. We saw people walking down from the neighborhood, 
uh, pulling their strollers and or their their uh, baskets, you know, those beach baskets with uh, tables. I mean, hey, we had one group that it set was up like a, a mini, Yeah, it was like a mini Arrington Vineyard kind of thing yeah. going on. You know, I've, I've been over there before yeah. where everybody kind of pitches a blanket out and brings some food and For sure. um, orders cocktails or, you know, over there, I guess the Frosé <laughs> things were kind of big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of had a, like a mini uh, Arrington Vineyard uh, feel to it. Absolutely. So, so big, big thanks uh, for uh, for the people that came out for that for mm-hmm. uh, in Thompson Station as well as Townsend. It was great. We really appreciate that. Staff did a great job. Definitely get a big shout out to our staff, uh, Jess, Jenna, uh, Hannah, the whole team. Really, they but the three of them um, um, really you know, seated, if you will, and and we appreciate all the support from from visit visit Franklin, but then also you know our partners there yeah. in, in uh in blunt partnership and even lee lee came yeah. over yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. with us we it appreciate was, you it showing was up a great event i mean you guys pulled it off seamlessly <laughs> and and it was good to see the energy there and and just it was great it, it seemed like you you guys were i saw you at the end of the day and you look kind of uh, <laughs> i was dragging a little bit yeah, but but it, it was it was awesome most definitely so let's kick in a little bit uh how we kind of got to know uh you know talk a little bit about lee you know we've had a relationship with lee now gosh i don't know if one 2016. Yeah, so I was going to say six, yeah, seven years. Yeah, is that yeah. right? Yeah, you guys were, um, were Chris, you were leading the Tennessee Distillers Guild at that, at that time. And, and uh, we, we, we got Leapers Fork functional in April of 2016. I think I told you all this in some previous conversations, but, you know, I probably could have saved myself a lot of money and headaches if I had joined the guild before I had a fully functioning, you know, distilled spirits plant. I didn't do that, you know, so I wanted to walk in the room and be able to sit down. Actually, my first meeting, I sat next to you, Jeff, and it was an intimidating experience. Yeah, it was for me too. Yeah, right. Just so you know, I was looking to move somewhere else. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's tough. Yeah, I, I want to sit. I sit beside somebody uh, fatter and uglier than myself. You know, as he does uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's you know my, my first I think introduction to both you guys was our first Tennessee Distillers Guild meeting, and in downtown Nashville. And and uh, anyway, it was it was very neat to see you know all the distillers at you know, it was kind of in its infancy a little bit, you know, I think you guys yeah. started that in 2010, somewhere around in there. But um, anyway, so we were a little late to the table, but it was, we've, we've known each other well since then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been fantastic. You know, I think one of the things that a lot of people probably wouldn't believe is just how much support there is among the guild members. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you're competitive. You want to win. Yeah. But if somebody calls you up and says, hey, man, I'm dealing with a problem here. Yes. Yeah. How did, have you dealt with that? How'd you get through it? People will give you some sound advice and help you through. You know, it, it's a gentleman's industry so more than too. people ever would think. I think so, too. You know, compared to other industries I've been in in a past life, you know, this the distilling industry is very friendly as far as, you know, rising tide floats all ships kind of thing. And and that's definitely evident amongst mm-hmm. the, the Tennessee distillers and and in the guild. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you said that rising tide comment. I'll never forget the first email I ever sent out uh, whenever they, whenever I lost and drew the shortest straw to be president was, uh, <laughs> was one about speaking with one voice and mm-hmm. rising tide. Yep. And uh, man, I got so much shit about that. <laughs> I mean, like they, they gave me so much grief. Like, we going into war? Uh, you know? <laughs> I was like, I was trying to be, you know, inspirational. Well, actually, we were. We were. We <laughs> didn't know it all the time, but. You know, yeah. we definitely had some battles to fight, but uh, for the betterment, I think, of the state and everybody who works inside our industry, I think we're in a much better place than we were before Absolutely. the guild. Absolutely. 100%. You know, sure. dealing with laws that were written in 1938 uh, yeah. that were very restrictive and making it very difficult, mm-hmm. you know, for the incumbents, people who had been around forever, like George Dickel and Jack Daniels, they had found a way to, you know, kind of mm-hmm. 
uh, circumvent or work around sure. a lot of these things because they weren't going to live or die by the laws of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But for a small distiller, you got to build it locally first. Absolutely. And the, and the more of a death grip and restrictions that they were putting on you doing doing i mean to stop you from doing things that were actually more responsible sure <laughs> you know, absolutely. at times right, uh, and right. the way you presented your brand but they wouldn't allow it it's like you know we're trying to do the right thing here and the laws won't mm-hmm. even let us do it right uh, but having those hard conversations but you know let's just get you know a shout out to the state of tennessee because they listened to us and to chris's point i think it was the fact that we said, hey, let's not squabble over the differences that we have. There's a handful of things that we all will live or die by, mm-hmm. and let's get focused on those things, and let's speak with one voice about them. And the lawmakers don't have – if we're not arguing with one another and fighting with one another in the mm-hmm. legislative plans, it becomes much easier for them to say, okay, it looks like everybody's in agreement. It sounds right. Let's just do it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So what, 11 or 11, 13 different pieces of legislation that flew through. Yeah, we were we were very fortunate, and 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 again, we had a strong team. I mean, you know, guys like you, and then and uh, a lot of other guys. I mean, a lot of other guys and gals. You know, I mean, we sure. you think about it, guys. We're we're in an industry that's male dominated, mm-hmm. and we have seen collectively at this table, we've seen you know a big influence come from a, the female yep. side of things, so to speak, and and just the diversity. I think is growing. You know, we've got a ways to go, but still growing a For lot. Sure. And I think I know I'm pretty proud of that. So. Um, so tell us a little bit, let's change change it up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about kind of your history. How did you get into this? What made you decide to Leaper's Fork? Some cool things about sure. just kind of your time, man. Talk about Leaper's Fork. You know, um, and I get this question a lot, and, uh, and I've, I've talked about this on, on some other podcasts, but, you know, I, for some weird, as in, as a, for some weird reason, as an early, as a teenager, 15 or 16, I had a fascination with with distillation and going back to Scotland and Ireland. Initially, it was more like a, a cultural heritage thing that kind of drew me to that. My family's Scots Irish, and so, you know, just the that tradition that was that was started in in Ireland and Scotland, and came over to the New World with those early settlers, and trickled its way over the Appalachians into Kentucky and Tennessee. And you know, those guys didn't have their their native grains from the old country, so they discovered Native American grain um, in the form of corn, and and started making corn based distillates. So that initially just kind of capture my imagination and fascination to the point where I built a little still in my mom's basement when I was 16 years old out of a five gallon pressure cooker and some copper condensing line from Home Depot and a five gallon bucket was my condenser and <laughs> uh, and and learned at that time this was in the in the mid kind of early 90s you know there was no internet you, you, either, say you couldn't Google, you didn't know about methanol <laughs> and, and getting that pour that's shot out of there. Because no, that's how I didn't know the, the master you know? distiller at Jack at that time. <laughs> <laughs> or company now. But but anyway, so, um, you know, I, I had an uncle that dabbled and kind of taught me how to do that. And then copy the Foxfire book, you know, the first, the first cop, the first series of that volume or series of books was, there's a, there's a, a chapter called Moonshining is a Fine Art. It's very archaic. It's written in a lot of, you know, Appalachian vernacular, so to speak. But um, so glean just enough information to be able to to ferment and mm-hmm. distill, you know, small batches of, of you know, I don't even know what it was back corn then. Corn liquor. Yeah, corn liquor. <laughs> and and didn't didn't kill anybody or blow anything up. And mm-hmm. and so anyway, I kind of shelved that. Went to, went to college. I actually 
I'm, I'm from Tennessee, but I was born in Mobile, so I went down to Auburn University and went to school down there. Don't don't hold that against me, Jeff. Oh, that's cool. All, yeah, but <laughs> anyway. roll, roll tide, roll tide over here. Yeah. I grew up in Bama fan, so that's okay. But, uh, but anyway, so. Now when um, we will. But. <laughs> I carried that little still down to Auburn with me and would give like, you know, educational <laughs> speeches and speech class and stuff and didn't really run it. But when I moved back to Tennessee, I was in the financial services industry. Um. But I, we moved to a, to a farm here in Williamson County on, on 82 acres. We're, we're very blessed to, to have done that in the early 2000s before property prices got crazy. So, you know, I was, I, I, at that point, there were things, literature written on the subject. Um, there was also the internet, which you can learn how to build a dang freaking atom bomb on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on YouTube now. Yeah, so yeah. anyway. Big Brother's watching. No, I, don't, I don't recommend no, you, no, you no, Google no. that right so, now. No, exactly. So, uh, but, but anyway, um, kind of, and I had the mental capacity to wrap my head around, you know, what, what we call kind of the, the, it sounds crude, but hillbilly chemistry or whatever you want to call it. So, and at that point, I got really fascinated with the, with the fact that you could take you know, three inert ingredients uh, being grain, water, and yeast, and a contraption being a steel, and make something flammable. Mm-hmm. You know, and and back in the Middle Ages, that was the realm of of magic and wizardry. <laughs> so that kind of captured my imagination, and and I really kind of poured myself into that. And then, so obviously, we we all know that the law changed uh, with some help of some some friends and forward thinking distillers in Tennessee. And um, in 2009, I actually looked into creating a distillery in, in, in uh, Williamson County in 2008, talked to an attorney friend of mine, and he said, you know, at this juncture, you would have to get 40% of registered voters in Williamson County to sign a petition. It would go on a referendum ballot, and then it would be voted on. And that was just, that was too daunting. So, you know, it's, uh, surreptitiously, the law changed in 2009. I got contacted about that, started the process in late 2011, early 2012 with Williamson County uh, to, to develop the distillery. We had to create a new law in Williamson County. Uh, so I got my building permit in 2015. Okay. So it was a three-year process, four public hearings. It was, you know, the Williamson County was actually great to work with. It was a long process, but they, they kind of walked me through it. They were very supportive of what we were doing. And my neighbors out in Leapers Fort, you know, I had 30 acres of land that I bought when I was in college, uh, my mom's side of the family is actually, um, you know, they they hail from from we- Wilson County as well, but they've they've been in mm. in Leapers Fort uh, since about 1805. Oh wow! So that's the reason, you know, when we are when I was graduating college, went down and bought some property there at the you know recommendation of my granddad, who was born in in Hillsborough. But anyway, so had the land, so it kind of made sense. You know, that was obviously land prices in Williamson County right now. It would be very mm-hmm. prohibitive for me to try to do what I was trying to do. So again, being blessed to have this property and went through that process and we got started making, uh, put our first barrel back in April of 2016 and uh, we were distilling with no doors on our still house, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> we opened our retail cabin uh, in, in October of 2016. So a few months later and, and man, we just, we've had our nose to the grindstone and ever since, you mm-hmm. know, Trying to, try to use traditional methods and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, you mentioned the cabin, Jeff. Weren't, weren't you? What were you telling me about? You're telling me a story <laughs> about. Yeah, you know, I when I watch TV, I uh, I enjoy you know craftspeople and stuff like that, and uh, so I watch that main cabin master show yeah. and stuff like that. But I've <laughs> always been, show. yeah. But the Barnwood Builders has always been one I really yeah. like. Those guys are just they're, really super they're cool. Awesome. Their relationships to one another right. seem so you know, so real and. 
yeah. everything. But yeah, I'm just kind of watching one of the shows one night, and all of a sudden it's like he's looking at a house, and they they've decided it looks like sort of like those Greek revival type homes. Yeah. But then they start stripping the siding off of it, and there's like massive logs under there. Yeah, you right. know, so they just face this thing, and you didn't realize that it was a, you know, sort of a 1800s log cabin under there. But mm-hmm. he's like, you know, but he always takes a little side trip, right? right you know, right. Whenever, if you watch that show enough, he always goes somewhere. He ends up at your distillery. I'm like, oh my god, man, that's lit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that took you to a next level rock star <laughs> with me. That you've been on Barnum Builders. Yeah, yeah, you're not just pretty and making whiskey. That's pretty freaking good. Right. Uh, but you, yeah, but you've been on my my show, man. We got a lot of traction out of that show. So my brother was building a cabin for them, and and they were asking, you know, is there another old log structure in the area that we can go see that's finished? And my brother said, well, actually, yeah, we got a family owned distillery down the road. So Wes built the, in conjunction with a guy named Kenny Smith, you know, an older, a guy from um, down in Lawrenceburg, he's a family friend, he's now passed. But anyway, um, that original cabin was, was originally built in 1820. Wow. And so Mr. Kenny and, and his crew moved it back and, and they built it, log, rebuilt it log by log. But I love those old cabins. And we, yeah. man, yeah. we still get people that see that show and come in like, oh yeah, there's this, there's that. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, something I've, I've, I've always enjoyed about you, Lee, and, and your whole team is there is this, um, it is feel like family, whether the last name yeah. is Kennedy or not. Yeah. I always feel like family when we come, when I've Thank come you. there. We've brought staff there before. Both mm-hmm. of you have hosted, you know, my mm-hmm. previous staffs at a distillery mm-hmm. and just treat us yep. like family. I've been there for the Bourbon Bash. Great, yeah. great event y'all yeah, do. Yeah, talk about to that, support that too. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. And Chris, I appreciate that. Yeah, we we truly are. You know, we're we're a family-owned distillery. Mm-hmm. You know, my, it's me and my, my mom and my brother and my uncle. He's our CFO. And so, anyway, but, um, you know, whether it's guests that come, family and friends that we want people, and our tour guides say this, we want people to come as guests and leave like they feel like family. And we try to, we try to uh, impart that, that to our tour guides and the people that are, you know, that are interacting with folks. And so anyway, I really appreciate y'all saying that. But yeah, we, the Bourbon Bash, we actually, we started, well, uh, a lady named Pam Fur, WTN started uh, Bourbon Bash. And we got involved in 2016, our first year around Veterans Day. And so the Bourbon Bash has been a veterans-based uh, charity event um, to where initially it was benefiting the Green Beret Foundation. Last year, we raised a lot of money for the Gary Sinise Foundation. Yep. Lieutenant uh, Dan. That's right. Lieutenant Dan. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great things he's doing. Uh, this year, we've actually at the distillery started our own foundation called Freedom, the Freedom and Whiskey Foundation. And so we're helping retired uh, uh, Joint Special Operations Command guys and girls that are that are retiring early forties out of uh, out of joint out of special operations. You know, kind of figure out what they want to do with the rest of their life. So it's it's a scholarship fund for these folks, as well as uh, professional networking, networking and entrepreneurial entrepreneurial support. So uh, this year we'll be benefiting um, the Freedom and Whiskey Foundation for these folks. We we we've, we've paid for scholarships for for one a special operator uh, out of uh, some very top tier units. Um, that one of them went to to um, over to Duke and got his master's program. We funded that. We've tra- uh, funded trade schools, internships. So these guys are they're highly motivated. They're very intelligent. Most of them speak multiple languages, and they're retiring fully functional at, you know, in their early forties, and they're trying to figure out what they want to do. So we're kind of trying to be that conduit, um, and we've developed some some connections uh, over the Fort Bragg area. So we're we're helping those folks. So at the beginning of November, actually on Veterans Day, at, here at the uh, factory at the Franklin, we're doing. Um, I guess this will be our fifth or sixth annual bourbon bash. 
uh, in support of the Freedom Whiskey Foundation. So y'all please look out for that and, and purchase tickets. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so and that probably couldn't be happening without the support of Visit Franklin. Absolutely. So Matt, Matt that's one of the things we know that's going on in the area. What else have y'all got cooking? Well, that, gosh, that's that's a laundry list of things that are, that are going on. Just yeah, yeah. Franklin as a whole and all of Williamson County has really become a, a tourism destination mm-hmm. all on its own. And just kind of the, the, the quick history there is, you know, 20 years ago, if you said, Franklin, that's a Nashville suburb. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have been <laughs> right in that 20 years. Just the, the development that has come along has really become a, a tourism spot all its own. We just get to borrow an international airport 30 minutes up the road, which yeah. is which is convenient. But it's you know, just short of 2 million people a year coming here. Tourism is now over a billion dollar industry just in Williamson County alone. I mean, f- folks are coming and spending $2.3 million a day in Williamson County. And a big, big draw for that is whiskey. So it's uh, there's. It, w- it wouldn't surprise me that, that Franklin was kind of, you know, busy hustle and bustle on the weekends. And that's normally when I would visit here. But yesterday I had to, um, I had a list of stores to visit and things like that, you know, hands to shake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd run out towards West Haven and then we came back and came through town about, it was mid afternoon on a Monday. Um, and I was stunned at how many people <laughs> were walking around town. I mean, it was, it was busy. Yeah, it's, really it's, busy. It's, yeah. Ironically, I started in the in the tourism industry here at Visit Franklin January of 2016. So I'm my career in tourism is about the same age as Lee's whiskey okay. <laughs> when, when, he, when he started. But it's a, when I first started, you could see shop doors on Main Street being closed at 4:30, 5 o'clock. But additions of new hotels. There's now a, a fantastic hotel in downtown Franklin. People can park their car, not have to walk, and it's. It's elbow to elbow every day. You know, it's, we used yeah. to have a slow period, but we're pretty much open year round and packed year round. Yeah, that's fantastic. You've got a ton of things. You guys have been um, very involved. We've gotten as as involved as we can be in the mm-hmm. Thompson Station area and Franklin area. And you guys have been great supporters of the Tennessee Whiskey Trail um, overall. Um, whether it's from an advertising perspective or or trying to do some different events to to promote distilleries, and and I'll just tell you, I appreciate that. You know, more than more than you probably put into words, you know, and I think it's important um, that we do have that community involvement. And that's something Jeff and I and, and, and Lee and the rest of the team on the Guild, we were, you know, we are about, we can be that bond in the community. I mm-hmm. mean, it is. I mean, you think about it. We yeah. have agriculture, we have tourism, we have hospitality, entrepreneurship to the, to the nth degree, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. you know. So um, I would, you know, you guys have definitely recognized that, you as well as other visitor uh, organizations. And you welcomed us, and I think that's that's pretty awesome. Can't can't well, complain. <laughs> well, it, it's been a, a joy, and it's, I've I've told Lee before. Kind of, I was into whiskey before I started, but I feel like I really got into the industry and really a true love and desire to mm-hmm. learn more, just from getting to hang out with distillers yeah. and, and learn more yeah. about it, and just that. Franklin being where the whiskey trail and the girl launched. I mean, the factory at Franklin where yeah. Lee's event is. That's where. Uh, you used to have a stage instead of word, yeah. a word or two towards Kentucky. Yeah, you know, and it's oh, been a Lord. Yeah. It's yeah. been a minute. It's been a few. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute since I was at the, the yeah. factory. Uh, I, I think it went through uh, like an ownership change, yeah. maybe not that long ago, and it's kind of changing a little bit. It um, did. It's going through a, a massive renovation right now, yeah. and it's a kind of people are now saying like the Chelsea market of the South kind of feel oh, wow. of it. So oh, that's fantastic. Okay. You, you walk in now, and it's, it's a the big grand lobby is a, it's like the biggest hotel bar gathering place you've ever seen. So it's, it's yeah, a, yeah. a phenomenal gathering place and multiple uh, music and performance venues, professional theater out oh, there. And it's a uh, many, many restaurants coming. So people come yeah. by Christmas time. 
they've ever been before. It'll look whole different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I, I haven't been, I guess I haven't, well, no, I, I did one other event. Uh, you guys, you were there and a couple other guys, but I, we did the announcing for the, the Tennessee whiskey trail, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. And then we did that other event. I think it was some sort of whiskey society event of some sort, but, but yeah, I haven't been in a while, but I mean, yeah. I've heard I, it's amazing. Um, not to, not to be kind of gloom and doom, but um, uh, I was friends with uh, Kyle Jacobs. I don't know if you mm-hmm. knew him. He was married to Kelly Pickler, but unfortunately, oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, took his own life, sadly. Mm-hmm. But but just a great guy. Um, but there's a celebration of life uh, ceremony that's planned for him later this month, and uh, we're going to be coming to the factory. And Lee, he he did a lot of the um, music production for mm-hmm. Lee Bryce's albums, mm-hmm. and they were very close. And Lee is going to play uh, like a a concert in in honor of him. So I'm looking forward to that to meet Lee. Uh, who I've I've loved his music for a while, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the factory. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, way it looks now. Last time I was there, it was like the Sapphire Restaurant. Maybe was in it's there. Gone. Yeah, it's a, now it's, it's a it's under a different name, Mojo's, Mojo's Tacos. Tacos. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, Mojo's so, Tacos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when I was still with my previous employer uh, down in Lynchburg, um, we had like a a management committee, uh, like mm-hmm. the, the people who kind of helped run the facility, and a general manager, and he said, "Let's go and have like an evening with the spouses and just kind of hang out." But we chose that restaurant. It was good. Really yeah. good. They're yeah. doing a good job. And mm-hmm. I, I would say Matt and the guys that, and the gals at the CVB here in Franklin, you know, they really treated us well, you know, mm-hmm. helping us get, you know, travel writers in, putting a spotlight on the distillery. You know, we're, tourism is really what's gotten us through while we've been aging our own whiskey. And um, so that's, you know, people say all the time, we wish our, our CVB was as, as proactive in, in promoting, you know, us as, as you guys are and helping us out and, and, company down in Thompson Station, same thing, you know, so appreciate what y'all got, what y'all yeah, do. You know, you were talking about how much play you got out of being on Barnwood Builders, because it kind of gives into that, like, rerun loop, yeah. you know, where it just kind of constantly plays. Well, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives does that, too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I haven't been friends with a guy um, for about 15 years now. He invited me up to do that 55 South oh, segment. Oh, cool, um, yeah. So right. Cork and Cow, 55 South, the McConnell House, Chase McConnell, local restaurant guy, super, super talented. Doing good stuff. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, a lot of people say, I saw you on TV yesterday, and I'm like, yeah, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Diners, right? Because <laughs> you're not seeing anything <laughs> else. A lot of <laughs> I, I got way more play out of that than I did anything, anything else. I've ever done in my life. And it's con- conveniently, look, it's, it's right here next oh, door yeah, to the Franklin right, yeah, Theater. I was going to say, I so, saw when I pulled yeah. up there. I'm like, last, I think, well, no, I've eaten there since, but uh, I can remember the the, the red uh, Camaro convertible <laughs> right, that he right, uses right, on right. that show being yeah. parked out there in front of 55 South the day we showed up here. That's so, cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Talking about the Franklin Theater in the downtown area, talk a little bit about the Franklin Theater, Matt. Tell us a little bit about it, but then also, you know, what does Visit, what is Visit Franklin doing as, you know, as an investment or community involvement and the importance of that? But yeah, so the Franklin Theater, as Franklin was kind of evolving as its own destination, Main Street is the biggest draw to Williamson County. It's, you know, millions of visitors per year. And the jewel of Main Street, as it's known, is the Franklin Theater. It's been here since the, the 1930s built and just was your typical movie house for the the longest time and then kind of as many movie houses experienced kind of in the late 90s it was you know downhill the seats that we're looking at now were old couches and beanbag chairs <laughs> and a, a, a group of uh, of locals came together to save it and prevent it from becoming a, a cvs or like a just another spot on main street put all of this work into it millions of dollars renovated it to 1930s style sound, it's, it's qua- sound quality it really it's, a, it's acoustically perfect in here everything that you find at the grand Ole opry from a production standpoint you find here mm-hmm. but it's only 300 seats so it, it's known largely as the the best 300 seat music venue in the world 
mm-hmm. and also kind of like the Opry where they have their famed circle, the medallion right in front of us here. <laughs> yeah. and it has a, the letter C-O-U mm-hmm. in, engraved on it. So when an artist stands on this stage, they're looking out and they are the center of the universe. Yeah. You know, for for that performance, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah it's, it's fantastic. The the talent that comes through here, that they, they do movies and theatrical performances. They'll do over five hundred events a year here wow. alone. Mm-hmm. But wow. the, the musicians who've been on this stage, you know, right where Chris is sitting right now, Vince Gill was performing two nights ago. Tim yeah. McGraw was there two weeks ago. You right? downgraded, just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good stuff. So a little bit of uh, he, Lee, a lot of times, and, and and Jeff and Lee both, and, and I think others in our in our industry, and especially specifically Tennessee, they really dig into the history. But mm-hmm. there's, I love listening to to Lee talk about you know the history of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, history of distilling in Williamson County and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell a little bit about. I mean, obviously your family, you said was here um, yeah. since 18, 1805. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. I know you've seen and you've traveled, obviously. Tell me the, the uniqueness of distilling in, in Williamson County to you. Well, you know, and really, Williamson County is really a microcosm of Tennessee as a whole. So, you know, and I tell people, we tell this on our tours, you know, until 15 years ago or so, you know, if you thought about whiskey production anywhere in the world, you know, you thought about Scotland, Ireland, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Now they're making great single malts in Japan, you know, uh, malt whiskey out in the west coast right now but until then is pretty much you know kind of relegated to those four areas and a lot of that had to do with you know obviously uh uh, geological structures like limestone filtered water from back in the day but also the um uh, the type of people that were there going back to those scots irish people that, that brought that knowledge over here so you know if you look at say 1796 is when tennessee became a state john overton uh, did in uh, uh, a census of stills for the federal government 1796 to like 180 the early 1800s uh davidson county which at that time was part of robertson county and it was a larger geographical area you know they had um i think there was about 4000 settlers and there were a little over 60 stills that were servicing those people that wow. were and those were the legal stills that were paying taxes so it's kind of, it's a pretty cool record of history. So John Overton did that for, I want to say seven years. And you can go back and look, um, Andrew Jackson is listed on, on the census of stills and, and, uh, the Boyd family, which was big in Williamson County. So kind of, you know, as we became a state and things became settled, you know, the, Distilling was pretty much relegated to farming activities. So, yeah. and you know that okay. small distilleries. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was tied to an agricultural economy. Absolutely. Distilling was a vital skill because you had to be able to condense the value of last year's crop down to bring in the new crop. Sure. Right? You didn't want to throw it away. Right. Uh, but, but whiskey, more compact bartering value yes it was like having a dollar bill in your back pocket you could trade a jar as a barter society yeah, absolutely for right. goods and services and, and it was and like it was like basically like currency absolutely and that's uh that kind of fascinates me even today and i feel like we're we're at the end of the day we're we're producing a commodity mm-hmm. you know we, re- we really are but um you know it, as far as uh there was between 18 i think 17 and the, after the civil war uh spirits weren't really taxed or or um regulated in the u.s so a lot of that history is like gazetteers and people like that so in 1840 there were over 1500 distilleries in in the state of tennessee uh williamson county had nine and um you know they were they were small you know farm type enterprises as the industrial revolution kind of kicked in you know you started seeing by by 1896 which was tennessee centennial we had 322 distilleries at that time 
I want to say Kentucky had something like 800. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously Tennessee had their, we had our own in-state prohibition in 1910. We all know that, which, you know, the, there, we have a headline from, I can't remember what paper it is. I don't think it's the Tennessee end, but it's like the, uh, maybe the Nashville Gazette or something like that. They yep. or the banner. I think the, maybe it's a banner. Nashville banner was uh, one of them. I think was, Decem- yeah. the, the, the front page of, of December 31st, 1909 says all distilleries and breweries in Tennessee must shut down at midnight tonight. And it lists, there were only 40 distilleries at that time. So we went from 1896 having 322, you know, that was an industrial census that was performed. Fast forwarding those guys, those, those folks saw the handwriting on the wall you know, Jack, I think, moved to St. Louis and yep. George Dickel went to Louisville and, yep. you know, and, and um, Nelson yep. Greenbrier shut down. Yeah. You know. and, and right when Tennessee was, of course, Tennessee went before the rest of the country about 10 years prior mm-hmm, right. to national prohibition. But Jack Daniels opened up office in Kentucky and in Alabama. Mm-hmm. But then those states also were part of the Bible Belt. Both of sure, them they, kind of they voted followed, for they right. voted state prohibition. Missouri didn't. Mm-hmm. So that was where that, that became their home from 1909 to 1919. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, and it really kind of, in, in Tennessee, we were different. We were very similar to Kentucky. You know, I tell people like the middle Tennessee is almost an extension of the bluegrass of Kentucky. If you really look at it from a, from a geological standpoint and, um, and, and as far as the makeup of the people, and all the rest of it. But, um, you know, we had a, we had thoroughbred racing here. We had mm-hmm. whiskey was part of the fabric of, of the, of society. You know, when, when prohibition happened in 1910 through, and, and Tennessee kept it going to 1938, I think. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, those distillers just didn't, you know, go, uh, start gardening. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had a lot of illegal whiskey, uh, yeah. the, the whiskey, uh, legal whiskey trade here in middle Tennessee, East Tennessee, all over was very strong. I had a, my, my granddad's, uh, uncle, uh, a guy named Sam Locke, he was a um, constable here in in Franklin, and he was a revenuer. He was murdered in in March of 1923 by the Williamson County Whiskey Ring. Oh, wow! And you know they he busted over 60 stills in a three month time period in early 1923, and you know Williamson County was it. There was a lot of illegal whiskey going being made in this county, and and downtown Franklin is not it was not as gentrified as it is. Now it was uh, it was pretty rough and tumble back in those days, man. It's it's like I said, just hearing you talk about this and you guys talking about fourth is awesome. I do want to correct you on something. I I don't think you should ever compare anything with Tennessee and Kentucky unless it has to do with Tennessee being a hell of a lot better. Chris is I'm famous. A Chris is famous for his Kentucky takedown. I, 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 I have to defend myself all the time because of Chris's comments. On uh, that. Yeah, you should. By he God, came, we're better. He came off the top row. <laughs> Get out of the way. I, I, I look at Kentucky. You know, I get, I've visited, the, I've, I've, say I've traveled a lot of the world and, and I look at you going back to, you know, the two places I've traveled in the world where the general population has a handle on distilling, you know, no matter who it is, it's Scotland and Kentucky. Everybody has a family member, you know, a mom or dad, yeah. a brother, sister, or somebody like that mm-hmm. who works at a distillery. So, you know, there's just a pervasive, pervasive knowledge and, and hell, we, we, we lean on Kentucky for a lot of resources, uh, especially when we're getting going. But I love that 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 friendly rivalry that we've always had, and I think that's good for you know any kind of industry. But you know Tennessee and Kentucky have such a storied history with you know you can almost make an argument that you know most of the whiskey tradition comes between the uh, the Ohio River in northern Kentucky and the Alabama River in northern Alabama. 
or Tennessee River, Northern Alabama, and you know, there's there's a lot of connections between that. Area. Yeah, there absolutely is. And you know, I think one of the things we get in Tennessee, um, you know, if I were in Kentucky. I wouldn't make anything but bourbon, right? Yeah. Uh, because you're there. Yeah, right. And, right. you know, you, you don't have to make scotch whiskey if you're in Scotland, but you'd be stupid if you, if you didn't. didn't. Right. Yeah, yeah if, exactly. you make, if you try to make gin in Scotland, why do you do that? <laughs> uh, but I think in Tennessee, we're given a little more freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. of course, Tennessee whiskey is a variant of bourbon, but I think there's a little bit of a license to create and sure. go beyond. And, you know, we that was one of the things we used to mm-hmm. laugh about with Kentucky. It's like, you know, they've got bourbon and, and horses, but Tennessee's got music and you know yeah, and, and a variety of spirits you know there's you know it's different we got a lot it's different on. here and i think it's complimentary it's a different you know, I vibe. Think when we were creating the tennessee whiskey trail we never saw it as necessarily competing sure with a bourbon trail it's like but if you've already done the kentucky bourbon trail here's another option yeah if you, if you enjoyed that then here's you know that was the 5k tennessee is the the marathon because we were 660 miles and sure. 30 stops and and yeah. all of that in the variety of spirits you're going to see across those distilleries is really broad. It's not all, it's not all going to be bourbon. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good, I mean, a good point, you know, when you're looking at the two, I mean, um, we needed them just as much as they need us. Cause mm-hmm. now we're all talking about whiskey mm-hmm. and bourbon, you know, and, and that sure. leads to, you know, what visit Franklin and our other CBBs in the area, you know, kind of attaching to that whiskey tourism. What are your, what's your take on that? I mean, what do you see on that? The value, especially, I'm sure there's a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say conflict, but it's probably a little challenging when you're trying to say, hey, let's bring your family in here. Now, we saw it on Saturday at Thompson Station. Families everywhere. So talk to me a little about whiskey tourism. That's Whiskey tourism is incredibly important to us and to the, to the family aspects. On initial thought, yeah, it would be a little difficult, but the Locust Leapers Fork and company, that's they make it so family-friendly. It's it's a real easy transition to say, you know, it's, you know, play in the yard, playing cornhole. There's there's kids' activities out there, so it, it quickly kind of puts that to bed but overall whiskey tourism is huge for us you know we we claim to be the the center point of the whiskey trail because we're in the center of the center of the state here and the the whiskey trail folks haven't told us to stop so i haven't don't (laughs) but you know coming staying in franklin you're within two hours of you know half the whiskey trail so you know stay in a hotel here as your base go out to see you guys and leapers fork and you can go see jack and the ones in nashville and and things like that and you know it's a it's a, a big draw and also, you know, both of y'all's locations, you know, Franklin is known for its music. You know, most of the names that make Nashville famous actually live here and sort of the writers and producers and just that's music permeates everything. And that includes, you know, the whiskey spots and, you know, y'all have had great music at, at the distiller there in Thompson Station. Lee, it's, I love telling people about their still house sessions and mm-hmm. that they've, you know, not yeah. many, uh, not many uh, distilleries around the country, I believe, have a chandelier like y'all do <laughs> next to your still house. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's badass. Yeah, we are kind of weird. I won't argue with that. I won't argue with that. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. It's uh, you guys are doing all kinds of things and have been in the music. Uh, obviously, I mean, being in, in Middleton, seeing like you said, thirty minutes from from Nashville. But yeah. but what do you got coming up? I mean, you know, you've got. A lot of areas here in town that yeah. is kind of away from the hustle and bustle and the lower broad kind of feel. Uh, it's, it is kind that. of, to, to use a, a music analogy, I always kind of say Nashville is the full arena show. We're kind of more the acoustic version. It's a, you know, great quality, just a little slower yeah. pace yeah. on that. But kind of music wise, the biggest thing upcoming is Pilgrimage Music and Cultural Festival. So it's tying into that, the 
oh, horse and thoroughbred industry too. There's a, a former horse farm in downtown Franklin called the Park at Harlansdale. It was home to Tennessee Walking Horse Grand Champion in the 40s, and every champion since then has been a product of his line. But it has now turned into a, a park here in town, and the uh, the former or current lead singer of Better Than Ezra, Kevin Griffin, and his partners have a, a festival they have modeled after the New Orleans Jazz Fest happens here. This will be the ninth year of it, and it's uh, they have a you know their partner Justin Timberlake and an up and coming artist. I don't think I've ever yeah. heard of yeah, him before. Involvement, but it's sounds familiar. But it's a, it's a two day festival. The, the last weekend of September <laughs> this year, the, the the you know the Lumineers, Zach Bryan, and you know fifty other artists will be on four stages. It too is is family friendly. It's a you know kind of Bonnaroo for people who grew up and had kids. So you you sleep you sleep in a hotel at night. Bonnaroo for a, adults. A, yeah. So there's a you, you sleep in hotels. There's a there's a stage for for kids, but also. You know, it's you can experience food and, and merchants and artists from across the South throughout. So it's a yeah. it's an arts and cultural festival. Plus, you get to see incredible A list talent right here in downtown Franklin. That's awesome. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we can talk about all this, yeah. but I think one of the biggest things that's probably going to hit Franklin in a while. Um, besides me and Jeff being here, um, is, <laughs> we're going to leave our mark. We're going to leave it right here, right around that uh, center of the universe up there. You know what I'm saying? But tell us, Lee, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're about to see? Uh, yes, yeah, so we are. We're opening a second location here in downtown Franklin. You know, we're um, we're expanding. We'll do some some limited operations here. Mm-hmm. It's a 2,500 square foot space on Main Street in Franklin, and uh, well, we know we'll be doing some bottling. We hope to maybe be doing some very experimental distilling. We don't know yet, but mm-hmm. um, also having a cocktail experience with the with the expressions that we produce there. We're pro- we are going to, you know, everything we do at Leapers Fork, we do from grain to glass. Now, you know, we sourced a little bit of whiskey when we first started and phased that out over time. We were tr- transparent about it, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely, completely. Yeah. But uh, one thing we will do for some of our, what we're calling kind of cocktail class of spirits is we will bring in a gin, some vodka, some things like that. But we're, uh, we'll be kind of um, uh, intent on where we source that. So we'll go to London for our gin. We're going to source a, a potato vodka out of Poland. So kind of going back to these traditional areas where these places were made and sourcing them and showcasing them at this spot in downtown Franklin, along with our high-end whiskeys and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, um, we'll also have a little a live music component to that. So um, Aubrey Preston, who's a friend who owns Fox and Lock out in Leapers Fort, mm-hmm. um, incredible little venue, roadhouse, whatever you want to call it, where a lot of great yeah. names have gotten up. So he's going to kind of help us. We're going to have the Fox and Lock picking corner there, and um, he's going to help us with some talent. And uh, it'll just be kind of a, a little bit of a museum on talking about, we're going to showcase some of the history of, of Tennessee and Williamson County uh, distilling there. And it'll just kind of be a, a a epicenter for or a showcase for Leapers Fork in downtown Franklin, but also a showcase of what's going on across the state and some of our, our history. Cool. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. And I think I told you this before, but you know, I, I, everybody who comes into the industry, you got to source uh, for yeah. a time, you know, you got to do it. But I, when I came to your distillery, you had just come out with that bottle and bond. And when, yes. I, t- when I tasted it, I knew you were off to a good start. Well, thanks. Yeah, it, was so- it. it was solid. And that coming from yeah. you, it's, no, that, that it means was a lot. I wouldn't well, say it if I didn't mean it. Well, it, was, it was solid. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, gentlemen, I think we're being uh, flashed red right now. 
Um, <laughs> We've gone a little longer. <laughs> I can keep talking another hour. Can, guys. This is fantastic. This has been yeah. fantastic. Lots to talk about. We want to be appreciative and respectful of your all's time, and we we do appreciate your time. Uh, Jeff and I, I think we're done with our travels for a little while. I got a little trip here or there. A little bit. We are, of course, you know, I know you've got a lot going on at Leaper's Fork with company. We've got, um, we've been doing a couple of experimental things too. We've done an Applewood Tennessee whiskey. We did a Cherrywood Finish Rye whiskey. Those are going to come into the company bottle this fall. So people who are following us, we're going to go from that one bottle that you know of us. Uh, that is the Maplewood bourbon and add two more to it. Uh, so yeah, that's it's exciting because that was kind of the portfolio that I envisioned for us, and it's come together really, really nicely. So um, more good things to come. So hell yeah, it'll be great. I really appreciate your all's time. We appreciate you guys listening and and watching. Again, you get to see uh, me and Matt, and then you get to see the uh, the beauty of the table um, over here. <laughs> no, 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 so no, no. Uh, y'all are setting a high bar. But uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, appreciate you guys. Please join us next month. Uh, that'll be our ninth podcast. Can you believe that, Jeff? Oh, it's crazy! Nine. It's flown. It's flown, flown by, by. Having a good time. So look forward to uh, talking to you guys again in a month. And everybody have a great rest of the summer. Thanks.